You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. You're listening to Comedy Central. From New York City, the only city in America, it's the show that invented news. This is The Daily Show with your host, Charlamagne Tha Welcome to The Daily Show. I'm your host, Charlemagne the God. What's happening? That's right. Uh, it's night three behind the desk, and we're over halfway done with my week. So unfair. Yeah, man. Just when you start to get the hang of it, it's over. It's like being married to Kim Kardashian. But we've got a great show for you tonight, so let's get into the headlines. Now, let's kick things off with some of the fallout from the war in Israel and Palestine. Obviously, there's a lot of terrible things happening in the Middle East. But what's crazy is that some Americans have responded to that by deciding that we need to make things bad over here, too. And a warning tonight from the FBI director about the rising anti-Semitism and Islamophobia in the United States. I will say uh, that this is a threat that is uh, reaching in some ways sort of historic levels. The Anti-Defamation League reports since the war began, anti-Semitic incidents in the U.S. are up nearly 400 percent from the same period last year. Muslim leaders are also reporting an uptake in hate crimes, with the Council on American-Islamic Relations citing more than 800 complaints across the country since the beginning of October. Well, saw that coming. We're so predictable with this bullshit, and it is bullshit, okay? You know things are bad when anti-Semitism is up 400% and Kanye hasn't even tweeted yet, okay? <laughs> I swear, man, sometimes I think Americans only read the news so they know who to hate on, all right? Some people will hear about a war in Sudan and think, well, I never heard of this country before, but yeah, I could learn some new slurs, all right? <laughs> America, we have got to stop hating people just because of their ethnicity or their religion and go back to hating them for the content of their character like Dr. King wanted, okay? And, and there's so much actual shit to hate on in the world, like, like matcha. What, what is that? 
Why is it in everything now? Hating Jews isn't going to fix the Middle East, but hating matcha could result in some real change on cafe menus, all right? Okay? Now, there's probably some people out there saying, well, I'm not Jewish or Muslim, so this doesn't involve me. Maybe even some black folks out there saying, hey, at least for a few minutes, the hate isn't directed at us for once. I can finally get a weekend off. But that's not really the way it works. Once hatred is unleashed, best believe, it spreads to everyone. Because unlike Mitch McConnell's brain, hate doesn't stop. Yeah. Let's move on to sports. In the NBA, superstar James Harden has been traded from the Philadelphia 76ers to the Los Angeles Clippers. And I think it's a great trade because the Clippers need James Harden, and James Harden definitely needs some Clippers. <laughs> <laughs> Look at the bid, man. As always, sports commentators have a lot of strong feelings about this trade, but maybe <laughs> some of those feelings you shouldn't say out loud. He talked about going to Houston to be the old James Harden because he thought that's what they needed. They didn't have anybody else when he was talking that he wanted. But he's, he's not going back I, to that. I, is I, the I, man I, retarded? I mean, the, the, I mean, use that word, but sure. developmentally yeah. disabled? Sure. To think that he is going to go to the Clippers where they have Kawhi Leonard as the number one option, Paul George as the number two, and still Russell Westbrook there he, and think that he's going to he, okay. shoot 25 I, times I, a listen, night? I didn't know what you were going to say tonight. Today, I'm I'm shocked. This is not going to work. What, what's let me, let me apologize for using that word. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Chris saw the tweets coming, didn't he? You see how high uh, the other dude raised his eyebrow? Anytime, anytime an eyebrow goes that high, your ass is about to get canceled, all right? Look, Chris was getting a lot of heat online for saying what he said, but I think we need to have some grace for people using the wrong words. All right, Chris Broussard is 55 years old. As a rule, anyone over the age of 45 should get a pass on word choices, all right? <laughs> it's hard to break old habits. It was normal to say that word back in the 90s. I'm not saying it makes it okay. I'm just saying there's a reason I still answer my phone sometimes and go, what's And now we know that language is hurtful to people, so we try not to say it. But fun fact, the word retarded was originally the PC term. Yes, it's true. The official word used to be moron. But people started using that as an insult, so doctors changed it to retarded. Then that became an insult. And then the same thing happened with special. So now they use developmentally disabled. But guess what? Now kids call each other DD on the playground. <laughs> Any new words you come up with is eventually going to become an insult. So that's, maybe that's what we should do. Maybe. Just say any word, but say it in the right tone, and it sounds insulting. I'm glad they traded James Harden. He's acting like a goddamn baked potato. <laughs> yeah, I said it. With no toppings. <laughs> what I'm saying is, when it comes to keeping up with changes in language, we're always going to be a step too slow. I mean, special. I mean... <laughs> Developmentally, you know what? Just, just move on, please. Come on. <laughs> Finally, let's talk about policing in America. By now, we're all used to stories about police misconduct, but not ones like this. New tonight, deputies in Florida are on the hunt for the person behind the booty patrol. DeSoto County Sheriff's Office is hoping the public can help identify the driver of this white Chevy Silverado. Investigators say this person is impersonating law enforcement and pulling people over. Mm. The truck is equipped with red and blue lights and has the words booty patrol, as you see on the side. The booty patrol. 
<laughs> now, this was the law and order spinoff I'd watch, all right? <laughs> I like how the cops are asking for help finding the booty patrol guy like he's Batman or something. Like, you know, we don't know his true identity. All we know is when a girl walks in with an itty-bitty waist and a round thing in his face, he gets sprung. <laughs> this is such a funny story, man. Somehow it's still going to end up with a cop shooting somebody. But until then, it's hilarious, all right? <laughs> For more on this Booty Patrol story, we go live down to Florida with Desi Lydick. Desi! Desi, Desi, this story is just hilarious, man. No. No, it's not, Charlemagne. What this is, is stolen valor. This is a slap in the face to the brave men and women of the real Booty Patrol, who are out there in the streets every day, keeping those booties as thick and juicy as possible. <laughs> Hold on, I, I, I thought the Booty Patrol was a joke. You're telling me it's real? Not only is it real, but you're talking to the proud daughter and niece of Booty Patrollers. But, um, I don't know, I guess that's all a joke to you, huh, Charlemagne? You think it's funny that my dad spent countless nights protecting dumps like a truck, truck, truck? <laughs> is, it, is it funny to you that my uncle had to always be ready for that jelly? No, I don't. I, I mean, it's not funny. I mean, it's a little fun. Maybe to you, but it wasn't funny when my granddad lost his life in the line of booty. I, I didn't realize. I'm so sorry. I mean, my grandma always warned him that one day there'd be too much booty for one man to handle, and finally happened. I'll never forget the day that officer came to my grandma's porch and gave her this folded-up pair of booty shorts. She just fell to the floor in tears. Then she bounced right back up because of that ass. You know, I I've learned a lot here today. I've learned a real valuable lesson. Don't mock something before you have all the facts. That's right. That's exactly right, Charlemagne. And that doesn't just apply to the booty patrol. That goes for all the heroes who serve. The federal breast inspectors, the DTF, the secret cervix, and of course, of course, the Federal Erection Commission. They truly have the hardest job. <laughs> this has been very eye-opening, Desi. I'm just surprised with your family's history with the booty patrol that you never served. Oh, oh, I did, but I was dishonorably discharged. For what? A sexual harassment. Jesus. <laughs> Debbie Logic, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when we come back, I'll be speaking to Republican presidential candidate Nikki Haley. So don't go anywhere. dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 
24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Welcome back to The Daily Show. Earlier, I had the opportunity to interview the former governor of my home state of South Carolina. She served as Trump's ambassador to the United Nations, and now she's a Republican candidate for president. Here's my conversation with Nikki Haley. How are you, Governor? I'm great. It's great to be with you. That's right. I got another South Carolinian, South Carolinian in the building. Uh, I want to ask you my first question. Why doesn't the GOP just move away from Trump and get behind you? They will. They just need some time. They're getting there. I mean, right now we're second in Iowa, second New Hampshire, second in South Carolina. Um, I think the main thing is they know that they don't want a President Kamala Harris. And I think that they realize that they're going to have to have somebody else that can beat Joe Biden. And so, um, you know, we're going to get there. It's slow and steady wins the race. And we've done that. We're touching as many hands as we can and answering every question. And at the end of the day, I think we'll finish this. Yeah, It doesn't seem like any Republican candidate have the chance against Trump unless Trump goes to prison. So uh, why are so many people running? Well, I, you know, I think that they're running because everybody realizes that no one wants a Trump-Biden rematch. I mean, look, it, it, we need a new generational leader. It is time to get rid of all the older people. I mean, you look at the Senate, it's the most privileged nursing home in the country. It is time for us to start getting some new generational people in there and, and let the old guys go to the wayside. Now, I, I know y'all are friends, but isn't it time for people like Tim Scott to drop out? Aren't they just wasting time at this point? Yeah, yeah you want to tell them that? I think I just did. <laughs> I'll leave that to you. I, you know, I'm not going to be the one to tell him to get out. I'll leave that up to you. Uh, Mike Pence just dropped out of the race. Did you even know he was running? I did know he was running um, because when we do cattle calls, we get to see everybody. But uh, yes, he, he's a good man. Now, what type of Republican do you consider yourself? You know, I don't live by labels, and I don't like it, and I think that's what's wrong in the country. I mean, you hear it, y'all hear it on the Democrat side with progressives, and, you know, when they talk about that, and we hear it on the Republican side where they say far right or whatever. You know, what I can tell you is I'm a mom. I'm the daughter of immigrant parents. I'm a military spouse. At the end of the day, I've been a governor and I've been a U.N. ambassador. I don't like labels. I think labels divide people. I think at the end of the day, we're all Americans, and we need to start acting like it. Well, but there is a difference between, like, the MAGA Republicans and traditional conservatives, though, right? Well, I think what you saw with the MAGA crowd is, and what Trump did well was he picked up a lot of people like where I was raised, rural South Carolina, that didn't feel heard or understood. And he made them feel listened to. And I think what I have said that the Republican Party has to do is look at the fact that we've lost the last seven out of eight popular votes for president. That's nothing to be proud of. We should want to win the majority of Americans. So Republicans have to start talking to, they have to start talking to Hispanics. They have to start talking to Asians. They have to start talking to African-Americans. They have to start talking to the younger generation, to women. You know, that's how we win. We should want to win the majority of people. And I think that that's where the the Republicans have gone wrong. They decide who can be in their club. But I know that my parents were Democrats up until Reagan, not because they were actual Democrats, but because Republicans didn't talk to them. And so I've always thought we have to go out to people and talk to them. And you shouldn't say you should be with us. Instead, we should be asking, what do you care about? 
You know, they all want their children to have a better life. They all want a safe America that's strong abroad. They all want to know that there are going to be more opportunities for their kids than they had. And I think that we can all agree on that. Did you see the uh, new CNN poll that came out and said 53% of likely South Carolina GOP primary voters support Trump for the 24 nomination? But you're polling at number two at 22%. I, I wonder why having multiple indictments made Trump less popular with Republican primary voters. I think it really came from those first couple of New York indictments came across as very political. And so people didn't buy what Letitia James was doing, and they felt like she was playing more politics than not. The rest of them have followed suit. The rest of them are obviously more serious. But I think that's what got everybody's back up. I mean, look, we're going to let this play out. And at the end of the day, what I think Republicans are going to look at is who's the best person to beat Joe Biden. And, you know, you can look, CNN also came out with a poll that I'm the only one that beats him by six points. Then I think um, ABC came out with a poll. I beat him by five points. Nobody else does that. And I think that that's because, you know, we're not, it, this is not rocket science. People are tired of working for government. They want government to start to work for people again. And that's what we're talking about. I think that's why we're getting traction. You know, the numbers that they're showing in South Carolina are assuming that you have, you know, other people in the race. I think by the time we get to South Carolina, we're going to be head to head. And I think it's going to be a different story. Now, now you keep mentioning Biden but you got to get through Trump first. And, and, and you did rip uh, Trump at the GOP Jewish summit. You said he pursues chaos, vendettas, and drama. Listen, you know, I have told people it's, you know, the, the pro-Trump people are upset because they think I don't love him enough. The anti-Trump people are upset because they think I don't hate him enough. I, I call the chips like they are. I put it down where they may. There are many things I disagree with the president on. I think he allowed Republicans and Democrats to spend way too much. That's why we're in debt. And I think that our kids are never going to forgive us for it. I think that he has pulled back on a strong America that's safe, you know, that makes us safe abroad. And I think that he's pulled back on that. We see that with what he's doing with Ukraine and how he's pulling back on that. He thought January 6th was a beautiful day. I think January 6th was a terrible day. And so there's multiple things that we can talk about that I have differences. I just focus on the policy side. I don't focus on the personal side. I agree with everything you just said. But if he became the GOP nominee, would you still vote for him? Well, we all signed a pledge saying that we would vote for the nominee. And I've got to tell you that when I look at what's happened with Biden and I look at an open border um, where we know all it takes is one terrorist to get across to have another 9-11, where I see that we've had more fentanyl cross the border last year that would kill every single American and nothing's being done about it. I see that only 29 percent of our kids that are in eighth grade in America can read and only 26 percent of our eighth graders are proficient in math. That's a problem. I look at the debt he continues to spend more. We can't keep living this way. We can't do that. And our enemies abroad look at Joe Biden and they see that he's not at the top of their game. So I'll tell you right now, at this point, anybody would be better than Joe Biden, but it's going to be me. And I'm going to make sure that we go and do what we need to to get American families back on track again. You know, let's talk term limits because you, you said you support term limits. And I actually agree with you on that. Uh, do you think that term limits should be measured in years or freezing episodes? I think you should get one freezing episode. You just one, <laughs> one freebie. Any more after that, you got to retire. What do you think? I think that we'd be kicking a lot of people out then right now. You know, I think that we have to have term limits. And a lot, it's two reasons. One is, you know, I told you, I think the Senate's the most privileged nursing home in the country. They stay too long. They get used to the power. But the other side of it is, 
When you run for office, you're as close to the people as it gets. You've listened, you know what people want, and you really know how to go in there and get things done. The longer you stay, the more you move away from the people. And I think that's what's happened is you look at what's happening in D.C. and they're so tone deaf. Both Republicans and Democrats don't understand the value of a taxpayer dollar. They don't understand that we've had serious issues with education. They don't understand the fact that crime is high and they're not doing anything about it. They don't understand that we've got threats facing us everywhere from terrorists, and they're continuing to talk about things that don't matter. And so, yeah, I think we need to have term limits because I think we have a lot of people in D.C. who have literally lost what the American people want. And I think that we need to start having that again. We had term limits when I ran for governor. You've got term limits for anyone that runs for president. That way you go in there, you focus on the people, and you focus on your legacy. And I think that's important. You know, you're a relatively younger candidate, uh, a woman of color, a child of immigrant parents, which on paper makes you more appealing to a lot of younger voters. But besides your identity, how do you plan to appeal to voters who are much further to the left of your platform? You know, we're doing that now. I've done over 100 town halls in Iowa, New Hampshire. We're also doing them in South Carolina. We're going to do them around the country. And we let them ask any question they want. We don't filter the questions. And so what I can tell you, the younger generation, they're different than my generation. They don't care about money as much as they do about really wanting to make a difference, really wanting to contribute to our country. They care more about the environment and they want to talk about that. They care more about making making sure that they don't watch news because they don't they think both sides are crazy and I don't think they're wrong about that. And I think that the younger generation is going to be the group that saves us. They actually have a lot of good common sense. We have to start engaging them. We have to start bringing them in. You know, I look at my kids, they're 22 and 25. They're very sober about what's happening in the country right now. And they really know that this is not how they want to live and that they deserve better. And so my job is going to be to engage them. We've got 40 plus um, Haley campaign um, programs in campuses across the country. We've got women for Nikki groups in every state in the country, and we are really appealing to everybody. I don't want to just get a party. I don't want to just get a demographic. I really want to talk to everybody and let them know I'm going to work for them and I'm going to work hard to earn their support. I want you to engage young voters. I want you to earn their support. But are you willing to promise right now that you will not try to rap in order to do that. Can I just say this? I loved Eminem and that song before then, and Ramaswamy just ruined that for me. He ruined it. <laughs> like, no, I will never rap. You don't want me to rap. I've always said, if you ever see me doing karaoke, you better take me home, because something's really wrong. <laughs> Absolutely, yes. Now, you, why don't you play the identity politics game, though? Because that's something Democrats like to do. They always talk about how diverse they are. Why don't you get into the identity politics game and play up being Indian more? Because a lot of voters just think you're a white woman. You know, I mean, look, I have I grew up. We were the only Indian family in a small rural southern town in South Carolina. We weren't white enough to be white. We weren't black enough to be black. And I remember when I would get teased on the playground and I would come home, my mom would always say, your job is not to show them how you're different. Your job is to show them how you're similar. And that lesson on the playground has played out throughout my life, whether it was in the corporate world, whether it was as governor, whether it was as ambassador. When you're faced with a challenge, if you first talk about the things you agree on, 
people let their guard down. And then you can talk about how you want to get to the solution. I think the problem is when you start labeling people, you're assuming that they're different than you. I don't want to just be a woman. I don't want to just be Indian. I don't want to just be a mom. I don't want to just be a Republican. I don't want to just be all of those things. I'm more than that. And I think every person is more than that. And what I know is if you look across America, we agree on 80% of the things. It's the 20% we fight over. So why add more divisions by talking about labels. I don't want to talk about labels. I think that that's what's caused us to get into this situation where everybody in this country is so divided. I want to talk more about what we can agree on and how we move forward as a country. Do you think, uh, you know, uh, being a woman will, will keep the GOP from fully supporting you? Do you think that the sexism in the GOP could get behind you? Well, you know, there's never been any lines to the women's bathroom in any of the jobs I've ever had. You know, when I defeated a 30-year incumbent when I ran for the state house seat, um, we were, South Carolina was the lowest in the country on women elected officials. When I won governor, um, I was the first female, first minority governor in, in history, I mean, of the entire country, much less South Carolina. When I was ambassador at the Security Council, I was the only woman there. I don't worry about being a woman at all. I mean, I wear heels. It's not for a fashion statement. It's because if I get mad, you know, I'm ready to kick any time. And I think that that people have always respected me because they know I do my homework. They know I fight for what I believe in. And I tell the truth. I tell the hard truths, whether they want to hear it or not. And I think that's where um, I've always been different. I got a few more questions for you. Um, as a former U.N. ambassador, when you see Palestine and Israel going at it, you know, you hear talks of Iran might get involved. You hear Russia and Hamas are growing closer. China might move on Taiwan. Biden says the U.S. will defend the Philippines against China. The Pentagon said they have a nuclear weapon 24 times stronger than what they dropped on Japan. China is building up its nuclear weapon arsenal. How close are we to World War III, do you think? The world... The world is on fire and America better wake up because right now America is acting like it's September 10th and we better remember what September 12th felt like because all it takes is one time. And what I will tell you is all of our enemies and I dealt with them every day for two years when I was at the United Nations. Every one of them is looking at Joe Biden and they know he's not at the top of his game. They see him freezing up. They see that he can't hear. They they look at the fact that they see Donald Trump and they see all the chaos that comes with that. And they're just banking on us continuing down this path that is not good for us. We need to be strong. We need to be clear and we need to do everything it takes to prevent war. A strong American America doesn't start wars. A strong America prevents wars. Right now, our enemies don't fear us, and that's the problem. What we have to do is stop being reactionary and start letting other countries know what we expect of them. That's what I did at the United Nations. That's what I'll do as your president. Do you think it's potential for a, a nuclear war in our lifetime? I think that we have to do everything we can to prevent it. You know, Charlemagne, my husband is in the military. He's deployed right now. And every military family knows that we can only stop a war, that we can only stop bad things from happening if we are strong. If you have a strong leader, if you have a strong military, and if you have people that support our country. And that's what we have to do. We have to remember what it means to be patriotic again. We have to support our men and women who are fighting overseas for us because they still think this country is worth fighting for. And we need a president that's not going to be scared of our enemies. 
enemies, but someone instead that's going to sit there and talk toe-to-toe with them and let them know what we expect of them. We should not assume a nuclear war is inevitable. We should work every day to make sure that they know that they don't ever want to test us on that and that they'll be hell to pay if they ever try and do anything that's going to hurt one single American. You know, you've been a staunch supporter of Israel. Israel's war against Hamas has already killed over 8,000 Gaza civilians, including over 3,000 children. Is there anything Israel could ever do to lose your support? Look, there is no perfect country out there. Um, You know, there are a lot of things that countries could do to lose my support. But let's look at the situation. And and this is the hard truth that we need to look at. First of all, what happened on October 7th in Israel was horrific. I mean, the fact that bodies were burned, babies were beheaded, girls were raped. And never forget that when they were dragging those naked girls through the streets of Gaza, what were they saying? They were saying death to Israel, but they were also saying death to America. This is Iran. This is what Iran wants to do. What we're seeing, all of these people who do feel sympathetic to the Palestinians, I understand. When they talk about occupation, yes, there is occupation in Gaza. Yes, there has been occupation for a long time. But the misconception in all of this is the occupation is not from Israelis. There's not a single Israeli person in Gaza. There's not a single Jewish person in Gaza. Hamas is the one that has occupied. Hamas is the one that won't let the Palestinians out. Hamas is the one that has treated them so brutally and not allowed them to have the things that they should have. Hamas is the one that uses them as human shields so that women and children get killed. I've been on the border there. I've seen it. It's not that Israel's perfect. It's that Hamas is evil. And we have to see evil for what it is. And yes, if we We want the Palestinians to have a better life, and I do want the Palestinians to have a better life. The way we do that is we eliminate Hamas so that they no longer have to live the way Hamas is making them live right now. Can you eliminate Hamas without eliminating all the Palestinian citizens, or a large majority of them? I know that... We have hostages there. We've lost 33 Americans died. This is going to be surgical precision. Lives are going to be lost. But right now they are taking out Hamas leaders, which is what they need to do. But I've been in those tunnels, Charlemagne. They are very sophisticated. And what Hamas has done is those tunnels, they've put them under schools. They've put them under hospitals. They've put them under civilian sites because they know Israelis value human life. Hamas does not value human life. This is going to be messy. This is going to be hard. But we need to remember, Hamas has said death to America. Once they're done with Israel, Iran's going to make sure they do it here. And that's why we've got to secure the border. And we've got to make sure that we never let those threats come on American soil. I want to bring it back to South Carolina for my last couple of questions. When you were governor, you actually removed the Confederate flag from the South Carolina state capitol. Is there room in the Republican Party for that flag? And where is that room so I can stay out of it? (laughs) You know, I think you should be very proud of your home state. The, The people of South Carolina stepped up at a time that they needed to. We lost nine amazing souls. And what I will tell you is this was on the heels of George, uh, uh, on the heels of Ferguson. And in South Carolina, we didn't have riots, we had vigils. We didn't have protests, we had hugs. And that Confederate flag came down and went to a museum where it belonged. And what we said is if people want to fly the Confederate flag, they can fly it on their on their private property, but they cannot fly it in a place that represents all South Carolinians. And I am incredibly proud of the people of South Carolina, and I hope you are too. Absolutely. How much credit do you take for the Confederate flag coming down? 
after the tragic murders of the Emmanuel Nye? I don't think we should ever talk about credit because I think the point that I tried to do was I tried not to judge either side and I tried to get them to see the best of themselves and go forward. I think if you're going to give credit, give it to the people of South Carolina. They could have stopped this. It took two-thirds vote in the House and two-thirds vote in the Senate. It was a brutal task that we had to undergo. But the people of South Carolina stepped up. I want them to be the ones that get the credit because at the end of the day, they could have stopped it and they didn't. And South Carolina's better for it. I want to ask you about another South Carolinian, uh, DNC Chair Jamie Harrison. He recently called you a MAGA minion and said that you were dangerous, out of touch, and a MAGA extremist governor who was a complete disaster for South Carolina. He said Nikki may be singing a different song now, but don't be fooled when it comes to the issues. She is just as extreme as the rest of the MAGA field, and the good people of South Carolina have had enough. Uh, will you ever drink sweet tea with Jamie Harrison again? Uh, bless his heart. What I'll do is I'll pray for him. How about that? That is, that is a good South Carolina answer. That means F him, by the way. When you tell somebody you're going to pray for them in South, you in South Carolina, that means. that means F you, Jamie. And you know when, when you say um, bless your heart, um, that's a nice way of kicking with a smile. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, uh, my last question, uh, are you wearing higher heels than Ron DeSantis next week at the debate so you can look taller than him on the stage? <laughs> I don't know. We'll have to we'll have to figure that out. I can tell you, I've always talked about my high heels. I've never, um, you know, hid that from anybody. I've always said, don't wear them if you can't run in them. So we'll see if he can run in them. Absolutely. Uh, Governor Nikki Haley, y'all. Nikki, hope to see you in studio whenever you come to New York, whether it's the Breakfast Club or the Daily Show. Charlemagne, keep kicking it. South Carolina is proud of you. I'm proud of you. Um, keep doing what you're doing. So you, it's good Haley. stuff. Thank you. We're going to take a quick break, but we'll be right back after this. dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. That's our show for tonight. But before we go, please consider supporting the Boris Lawrence Henson Foundation. They are a nonprofit committed to eradicating the stigma of mental health issues in the African-American community. If you can, please donate to the link below. Explore more shows from The Daily Show podcast universe by searching The Daily Show wherever you get your podcasts. Watch The Daily Show weeknights at 11, 10 Central on Comedy Central and stream full episodes anytime on Paramount+. Plus. This has been a Comedy Central podcast.
Do you dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach? Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring.